0: Welcome to How We Win, the official podcast of The Persistence. Action is the best antidote for anxiety, and we can all make a difference right now. Coming off President's Day, we are talking about presidents that lead with the incredible and courageous example of our current president, Joe Biden. And then we've got a great interview with someone who is definitely a leader with a long and bright future in the Democratic Party, the first member of Gen Z to serve in Congress, Representative Maxwell Frost. I'm Steve Pearson, and this is How We Win. Hey everybody, just me today, while Jennifer is on a well-deserved vacation with her family. And, uh, and before we start I just want to say thank you to everyone who reached out who donated um, last week I announced my candidacy for the California State Assembly and I've just been overwhelmed with the response uh, and uh, and I'm very grateful so thank you for that you um, we have uh, leadership to talk about today coming off of a long weekend and President's Day. Uh, I know that you've all seen the absolutely incredible pictures and images and video of our current President Joe Biden in Ukraine on President's Day. Uh, just Astounding to watch him walking with President Zelensky as air raid signals were blaring overhead. Apparently, a Russian MiG had been scrambled, and that's why the air raid signals were were going off. And, uh, man, he didn't – he just looked resolved. He looked solid. So brave. That visit was so meaningful to – the Ukrainian people, and to President Zelensky just a little over a year since the war started. I just can't help but think back to the former guy's term and and where we were at with our standing in the world. We just had lost the faith of world leaders. We had lost our standing. It was so scary and so sad to watch that leadership slip away. And there's a lot of things that Joe Biden has done since he's been president. Uh, maybe there was no one else who could have brought America back in, in terms of our standing in the international community like Joe Biden has. And um, this uh, covert trip, 11-hour train ride, which you know he loved. He's a train guy, uh, <laughs> so he loved being on the train, um, was used to that. But this is what leadership looks like, and and these images are going to be pressed into our history books, um, at least the ones that um, the Republicans let our children read um, that aren't being banned from libraries in red states, Uh, just saying. So anyway, um, President's Day, wow, and then – The other thing, the very sad news um, of President Carter going into hospice in his home, and um, uh, we are uh, just thinking about him and his family in in this time, uh, such a difficult time. But what an incredible legacy, what a caring and amazing human President Carter is and and has been his entire uh, long 98 years um, I want to share one quote that I shared on social media because it really resonated with me from Jimmy Carter. I have one life and one chance to make it count for something. My faith demands that I do whatever I can, wherever I am, whenever I can, for as long as I can, with whatever I have to try to make a difference. That is so powerful. That is how you he has lived his life, and uh, that's how I aspire to live my life, and I know that, um, that you all feel the same way. We're just looking for where we can make a difference, where we can make this life count for something and lift people up around us. Um, so uh, thinking about Jimmy Carter, it was a powerful President's Day with, uh, with the announcement of him going into hospice and then uh, Biden being, being all dark Brandon for us. Um, so I just wanted to talk about that and celebrate our, our presidents and not talk about the former guy and his you know, multiple legal problems because that's going to unfold I think pretty soon here in the next few weeks. There is, uh, I want to note, a special congressional election happening in Virginia. It's the Virginia 4th District uh, as I'm recording this right now. So uh, we'll find out the results when this podcast is released tomorrow. But if all goes well and Jennifer McClellan – wins virginia will be sending its first black woman to congress which would be very exciting and our loyal listeners will remember when we had jennifer mcclellan on this podcast she is so great and uh we are definitely rooting for her and and i hope to see that happen i think it will i think it will my voice goes very high when i'm not sure of myself but anyway um All right, so let's get right into our to-do list. And um, we've been talking about it. It's the Wisconsin Supreme Court race, which is on April fourth, The primary is happening also right now as I'm recording this. So as of tomorrow, we will know who made it to the primary. It's a top two primary. So we've been working to ensure that, you know, one or maybe even two of our liberal candidates makes it to the top. Uh, If we get shut out, that would be very, very bad. There's two very conservative candidates running. And the problem, as we've talked about before with this, is the election is technically nonpartisan. Uh, their party affiliation is not on the ballot. So that's why these phone calls have been so important. So... Um, uh, there is still opportunities to get involved, though, as soon as we know who that candidate is um, that makes it through, we have got to do everything we can in this pivotal election. Very, very important that we work on this race. Our friends at Swing Left continue to have some great resources there, so we will put those uh, links, that the link to get involved in our show notes. Um, I'm going to talk about my reasons for hope and – it may sound like pandering, <laughs> it may sound self-serving, but I assure you it is sincere. What has given me hope is all the people who have reached out and donated to our campaign for California State Assembly. It's really... Uh, gives me so much hope and so much affirmation for this big step that I that I have taken and um, you know I really feel like we're all in this together and the response has borne that out as well uh, and you know it's hard to get people excited over a California assembly race when people you know may not know much about the assembly or who their assembly member is or even what an assembly member does. Um, and uh, I've just been overwhelmed. So it gives me a lot of hope and a lot of excitement and and enthusiasm. I promise I'm not going to talk about it on every show, but I I had to because um, you guys are the best. And uh, please... Uh, of course, continue. I wouldn't be a candidate now if I didn't say continue to support our campaign and go to pearsonforcalifornia.com. Donate a little bit if you can. Uh, Every little bit does help build this movement and show that we have um, a broad coalition with us to go up to Sacramento and make some real change. So thank you. That gives me hope. And I that's all for me. I'm, I'm really excited for everyone to hear what is just a superstar guest we have. And I didn't want to delay getting to him. So uh, coming up is our interview with the incredible representative from Florida, Maxwell Frost. Maxwell Frost is the U.S. Representative for Florida's 10th Congressional District. He was previously a National Organizing Director for the ACLU and the National Organizing Director for March for Our Lives. He's also the first member of Gen Z to serve in Congress, elected at the age of 25. Representative Frost, I am such a huge fan. It's an honor to have you, and thank you for joining the show.
1: Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely.
0: Um, So you're a freshman in Congress at what must be a really frustrating time to be a Democratic member of Congress. Uh, The Republicans are not serious about doing anything to help working Americans. They are just launching ridiculous investigations, like the recent hearing on Twitter policy. That hearing did, however, lead to one of the best moments in congressional history (laughs) – uh, you managed to get PAB into the congressional record. I guess m- my question is, is this job everything that you thought it would be?
1: <laughs> everything and more. No. <laughs> uh, well, you know, that's obviously something I didn't expect to happen. Uh, but yeah, Republicans are just playing political games. They're using our hearing time to talk about things that most people don't care about. And it's 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 horrible and we have to call it out every chance we can. That was part of, you know, my line of questioning yesterday It was to really expose that. And look, it's not even just about me saying, oh, conservative thought is horrible, this and that. We're not even having those debates. It's not like we're not doing hearings or having votes on affordable housing. We're not even getting the chance to vote down on a bad housing bill, right? We don't even have a housing bill. You know, we're not getting the chance to vote down or debate conservative bills on things people care about. What we're getting isn't necessarily even conservative or democratic. It's far right-wing MAGA extreme, bills coming to the the House floor meant to divide us, meant to pin people in a corner. It's all a messaging tactic for 2024. So the Speaker of the House is really playing a comms role for the Republican Party come next cycle. And that's what every single one of these bills are. I encourage people, look into it, look at the bills coming to the House floor. The, these are divisive bills that they don't do anything. They're resolutions meant to divide people. And, um, and we have to call it out. Yeah.
0: I mean, as, as someone who really sought to run for office and represent, you know, their community, because you have some real connection to personal issues that that you want to, you know, move forward on. It just must be so frustrating to, uh, to be in a Congress where they're, they're, as you said, the people who are controlling the docket are are, are not putting up anything serious. Um, you are uh, vice chair of the House Gun Violence Prevention Task Force, and and you brought Manuel Oliver, to the State of the Union address with you. Um, is there anything that we can build on from the legislation that we passed last Congress? Are you uh, Amidst all of those MAGA Republicans and all the noise, are you finding any partners
1: on gun violence across the aisle? Not yet on gun violence, but I will say I think something that we can build off of from the last Congress uh, is money for community violence intervention programs. It's something that's not new in practice, but that's new for the United States Congress. These are programs at the community level that work in the community to end the gun violence before it happens. And these programs take many different forms. It could be that after school program that teachers music. It could be, uh, guns down, gloves up, which takes kids off the streets and teaches them how to box. It can be violence-interrupting programs where it actually, people go out in the community, they make friends and relationships with gangs and people in the community, and they're able to suss out when violence is going to happen, and they interfere with that violence talking with people and working out issues so they don't end up in death. These programs are typically not funded well. It's been people out of their own pocket, um, doing things for the community. And so just uh, last uh, last session, President Biden and Build Back Better proposed a historic five billion dollars for these programs across the country. Um, obviously, Build Back Better did pass. Stephen Horsford, um, the uh, Congressional Black Caucus chair, has a bill that passed the House last year called the Break the Cycle Act and it passed the House, did not go through the Senate. And I know he's going to reintroduce it, and we're going to work to see if we can get Republican support on this. It's appropriations. It has nothing to do with taking guns or this and that. The highly politicized parts of ending gun violence, and it's a real way we can save lives. Hmm. Uh, well, that sounds promising, and
0: and you know, a lot of that has to do with uh, criminal justice system too, and and interventions uh, there you've been leading the charge to transform our criminal justice system and it was incredibly moving to see the parents of tyree nichols at the state of the union address and uh tyree's mom's words to biden something good must come from this something (laughs) good must come from this um it's hard to imagine partnering with any republican lawmakers on criminal justice reform right now but um it sounds like there's some ways to move forward and make change happen? And I know it has to come from us too, like uh, the people need to make their voices heard and support the work that you're doing in Congress. But um, how, how do we move forward to make change happen?
1: Yeah, we've had some great conversations in the Congressional Black Caucus about what what bill are we gonna bring up? What, what's something we can work with Republicans on? And I think there's space to do it But the problem is going to be as soon as it becomes bipartisan you know republicans are going to want to revert back to the same talking points and the same solutions that haven't really solved the problem um and look training is important we have a ton of training we have more training than we've ever had in fact the five officers that bludgeoned and lynched uh tyree nichols on video did it while their body cameras were rolling and they were actually part of the special division that were some of the most highly trained officers in that department. So it's not to say, I'm not saying training is bad. No, we need, of course we need training. Of course we need body cams. But the, the point here is we need more than that. We need to really have a real conversation of public safety in this country. How are we putting resources in the hands of civilians to be play a large role in public safety? And what are we doing as far as policing is concerned to limit the amount of these negative interactions that end in death a lot of times, or end in mass incarceration. Um, What are we going to do about it? And uh, hopefully there'll be some Republicans we can sit down with and say, listen, let's put aside the politics, put aside all the talking points that y'all use against us and we'll use against you, and just let's look at the problem, let's look at the data. And unfortunately, because of how politicized this Congress is and because of the vengeance a lot of Republicans have in their heart right now, uh, for the next two years against Democrats, it's going to be difficult. But hey, we only need five Republicans. That's all we need. Five Republicans to come to the table and work with us on this set of legislation. So I'm hoping some people will come around. You know, we've had a lot of Republicans who won in either uh, a very tight race, who won in tight races, mm-hmm. which means they have a whole, you know, they have, they don't necessarily have a huge conservative mandate. They need to work with us. And if they don't, We'll make sure their constituents know about that in 2024.
0: So, Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the Republican presidential primary (laughs) because a lot of eyes are on that right now. And um, we've talked about on this show how dangerous DeSantis is and also how the media is really starting to position him as a reasonable alternative to Trump. Which uh-huh. in actuality he's you know way worse than Trump, and showing it with every single policy that he implements in your home state of Florida. Um, yeah. So it seems there is a need to define Desantis early. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: No, I agree. Um, this is something I've been thinking a lot about about over the past two weeks, and I intend to be a lot more vocal on it uh, because I feel like not enough people are talking about the specific. Abuses of power we're seeing in Florida, and it's every week. There's something new. Um, a lot of folks don't know about what's what's gone on with a local university. We have our local college, a new College of Florida. It's a small liberal arts college in Sarasota. I've been there a lot. Actually, I'm a drummer and I've performed there like five or six times. And it's a college that has a lot of queer students and students of color. You know, they don't wear shoes around campus. You know, it's a very liberal arts college. Yeah, uh, but it's a beautiful place. It's safe for a lot of people. And DeSantis is abusing his power. He completely removed the entire board of trustees. He installed a ton of DeSantis loyalists as the board of trustees. That board then fired the univer- or the college president, installed the former Speaker of the House Republican um, the speaker of the house as the president that university. And now they're saying they're going to reassess all the professors, the curriculum, everything. So it's a hostile takeover of this university taking up the DEI programs, everything like that. I mean, it is, I, I, I look, I don't like to use hyperbole because I think it's important we talk about things directly. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time really looking at what words can we use to describe what's going on in Florida right now. And the word that I have and that I think is important, is fascism. And that is what we're seeing in the state of Florida. I encourage people who think I'm being uh, hyperbolic to look up the book definition of what fascism is. It's authority, it's it's someone using their authority and abusing their power to target political enemies, people they disagree with. And that is what's going on right now um, in the state of Florida. I'll give you one more example. Just last week in my district, we have a venue called Plaza Live in December, they had a Christmas drag uh, drag show. DeSantis hated it. You know, he tweeted about it, et cetera. Just last week, the state is moving to revoke their liquor license because of that show. For people who don't know, if you if, if a music venue cannot sell liquor, they go out of business. That is the by far the primary way they make money. So essentially, DeSantis is working to close down a business because they had a drag show. He's using his power, abusing his power as a governor to do that. that. That's fascism. I'm, you know, that's what's going on in our state. So we're going to be a lot more vocal about it. And we're trying to figure out ways that we can utilize our office to make sure people are talking about it. And it's hard. I know there's so much BS going on in Florida. It's hard for one thing to really cut, uh, but we're figuring out ways that we can always bring it up.
0: Well, that's really important. And I'm glad you're calling it out. It's not hyperbole. It is clear fascism. And uh, anytime you see, uh, you know, people attacking education, and um, uh, then you know what that's all about. You know what what they're trying to do to the electorate. Oh. You know they're playing the long game uh, on on holding on to power generationally. And um, yeah. uh, and you look at the demographics who uh, who is voting Republican, who's voting Democrats, and there's a big divide between college educated voters and non college educated voters. And Republicans yeah. want to keep it that way. So exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So, thank you for calling that out. You know, the media loves loves the the chaos. They love the shiny things, and um, and they're going to be uh, giving Desantis a lot of coverage. And we need to make sure that um, that we're not flippant about how we view his actions because they're they're really That's terrible. Cool. Exactly. Um, so having said all that thing, let me ask you one more question before we cut you loose. Um, the same question we ask all of our guests. What is giving you the most hope right now?
1: You know, I'll say, and it's been the same thing my whole organizing career is like the, and it sounds a little cliche, but it's really the people the people that I meet and the other fighters in this struggle. I mean, I just spent the last couple of days with Manuel Oliver who he lost his son Joaquin Oliver in the Parkland shooting. He was my guest to the State of the Union. In fact, in my office, I have a, a mural that he made for me during the campaign. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, cool. It's a <laughs> but, visual. It's
0: a beautiful mirror. That is so cool. Yeah. And I got to yeah. see. I got to meet one of your staffers too, accidentally. So that was nice too. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but um, but you know that um, I see it every day, and uh, and uh, Joaquin is on there. And um, spending that time with him, he's a father who. To be so, you know, his son was shot to death in school, and now he's dedicated the rest of his life to using his art to make sure people know his son. And something he says that when he said it, you know, really hit me. Is he says, My son is not a victim, he's an activist. And that really hits at the crux of something I think is so important. It's like art can make you eternal, and you can use that story. Um, in politics, in advocacy, to uh, impact policy and change hearts and minds, and um, and it just has given me the energy I need uh, to continue. So it's the people I met along the way <laughs> that, that really, that really, you know, it, it keeps me uh, not just like it doesn't not just tolerating this fight, but really gets me excited to, to be a part of this fight.
0: It's that joyful community that we have together. Yep. You know, in exactly. this in this really really difficult and painful work that we do, we find joy in this work when we do it together. Exactly. And, and joyful um, forward is important. Yeah, and uh, and we talking about fascism, the first thing that fascists do is come after the
1: artists, right? Yep. So, yep. What we see. Um, seen,
0: um, Maxwell Frost. I wish we could keep talking. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for your time here today.
1: Thank you so much. Have a great day.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. This is How We Win. We win when we all get involved. We would love as always to hear from you, so please send us an email at hello at howwewinpod.com or tweet to us at how we win Pod, at bluesboysteve Steve, and at Jen and Kona. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple or wherever you get your pods. And of course, please share our show with your friends and family. Let's keep building this. There's always work to do, so we will be back with some more next Wednesday. See you then.